The presenting sponsor of Upmarket is Aereo, the best place to grow and manage your real estate media business, online at aereo.com. That's A-R-Y-E-O dot com. Coming to you from the makeshift Upmarket studio in the beautiful Ojai Valley of Southern California, this is Upmarket, a podcast about the business of real estate, photography, and media. My name is Reed Fish. I'm the CEO and a co-founder of Upmarket Media. And uh, it's one of those days, one of those days we have to slog through without Mark, without Chelsea. Um, So it's just going to be an hour of me talking. Congratulations. Just kidding. We have two guests today. Uh, I am uh, excited. I, in fact, these two guests are some that I, when Mark and I first started the podcast, these are two of the f- people that were on our list to have on the podcast. And it's taken us almost two years to get them. Although one of them was on for an action item uh, a couple years ago at PMRE. But uh, we have Andrew Coleman and Katie Coleman, Coleman, the owners of In One View Media uh, in Reno, Nevada. And the reason we've wanted them on the podcast is they kind of got their company in a little less convention. Not, it's not an unconventional way, but it's not the way that I think most people have gotten their companies uh, in, in this industry. And so we wanted to talk about that path because it is kind of an interesting path for people. And Andrew, Katie, you actually bought an existing and thriving real estate media business. So can you tell me kind of how that happened and, and why that happened? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Reed. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a little too long. I'm I'm not that upset about it, but <laughs> well, that's all right. I'd be a, be upset all you want. So I can't control your emotions. So <laughs> anyway, happy to be here. Um, yeah. So my route into photography is a very unconventional one. I had never had any experience with the camera before I got hired for this job. Mm-hmm. Really. So in 2014, I just graduated college. I was hell-bent on being a CrossFit instructor, and I wanted to get into personal training. And then I realized I didn't like adult babysitting, so I got right. out. Uh, and then I was just bartending. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I was just bartending to uh, go Oh, ahead. I was going to say, you do do uh, adult babysitting now because you, you work with realtors. So Exactly. <laughs> realtors are uh, just as bad as right. uh, uh, training clients. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so I was bartending and, uh, some regulars of mine had a real estate photography business and they kept bringing up how, if I knew anybody mm-hmm. to let them know, um, didn't have to have any experience, just wanted to go out and shoot houses. And so I got curious and started asking some more questions. I was like, Hey, how much money do you think I can make? And they're like, Oh yeah, you'll probably make like 65 or 70,000 your first year. Yeah. At that time I was making like 30, yeah. 35 or $40,000. So as a young kid, just graduated college looking for mm-hmm. a, a career, it was kind of a no brainer. Sure. All I had to do was invest in the the camera equipment. So I invested like 10 K got a, got a used Nikon and uh, started with this company. Well, first year I made $80,000. Mm-hmm. S- second year I made $95,000 right. and then it just kept going up and up and up and up and up. I was 1099. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love it. If I'm being completely honest with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. There's flexibilities that come with it. However, I was young and naive and I wasn't really told how to set up a business Mm -hmm. really. Um, even though I was working for another company, I was still 1099 had filed 1099 taxes and I didn't love it. Um, I did, I felt like I was treated like an employee where I was told where to go, when to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no control over compensation that was already preset for me. And I felt like I was doing the majority of the business. So naturally I thought, 
what's next? There's got to be something more than mm-hmm. this. Um, at the at the time, I had a non compete contract for two years. It was coming up on expiration, and rather than continuing to fight with them and be unhappy, I knew that they were probably towards the end of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day, I someone pitched the idea to me. It was actually an attorney. He's like, rather than fight them, why don't you try, why don't you offer to buy the company? Mm-hmm. He's like. As long as it's, you know, it's a going concern, it'll continue to, mm-hmm. to profit. And, um, I, I was really scared about that because it seemed like a bigger investment than I was willing to make. Although right. <laughs> when I found out the actual price, price tag of what we paid, it was way higher than what I thought we were getting ourselves into. Uh-huh. Um, and so I brought it up to Katie and initially she was like, no, not a chance. We're not doing this. Right. Well, this was uh, also March or April 2020. So we were in the thick of COVID. <laughs> and I'm like, I was a school counselor. <laughs> I had a reliable job, but all the schools just closed down. He was this photographer. We didn't know if there was going to be a business through COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you remember, of course. We didn't know yeah. what it was going to look th- like in those yeah, early days. I thought days. it was going to be busy for two months and we're done, you know. Yeah. And that, and then he comes to me with this idea of like, let's buy the business. I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be a business in six months to be had. Right. So it was a little, sc- a lot yeah. scary. Well, uh, okay. So th- that wasn't on their radar to buy it. So it's not like, th- you know, cause I've seen real estate media businesses advertised actually. And you know, people, Oh, I, I want to get out. I want to sell. This was something kind of you guys thought of and then, or Andrew specifically, I guess, and, and approached. Yeah. And so we just kind of uh, pitched it out there because we were going to have a meeting mm-hmm. about my future with the company. Right. And I kind of threw him off guard and I said, because he kind of got the idea. I was trying to renegotiate my contract mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, at that time, we were getting a pretty good split as a 1099. But like I said, it just, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. I, ne- I needed something more. Um, and so I pitched it to him and he initially he was like, no. Mm -hmm. And then he thought about it a little bit more and he's like, you know, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Let's see where it can go. And his wife was the one that was probably a little bit more reserved on the facts. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of been their baby. They started the company here in Rio in 2005. Mm -hmm. And at that time was the only real estate media company Mm -hmm. around here. So we started to explore the options a little bit more. And honestly, this is when Katie kind of took over the whole thing. She wrote the business plan. She did all the negotiating, Mm -hmm. Uh, she she found financing, and uh, if it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't have ended up actually going through with it because there was a lot more business planning on the back end that I was well, not right. So for. so Katie, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I think it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, we're just going to buy business, and then it's like, <laughs> you know, w- what does that actually look like? Um, and uh, what um, you know, what did you have to go through? Yeah, you have to write a business plan. I mean, I, I'm assuming, I guess, in order to get financing, which and you can talk a little bit about how you got the financing. Um, you know that you have to have those things. So one of Andrew's friends was, uh, I don't know exactly what his job was, but he was in finance Mm -hmm. in some capacity. And he was like, the university here in town has an SBA consulting division, Mm -hmm. essentially. They're just housed at the university. And so we were, he was like, you need to get an SBA loan. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have this like free program that will help you. So he got us in contact with somebody there. And if it wasn't for him nothing would have been successful because he wrote, like, like I said, I was a school counselor. Mm -hmm. I don't have an MBA. Mm -hmm. I don't have any business experience. I have no idea. Um, so we met with him. He was like, you need to get projections in place, which he helped us with. He helped us with 
writing a business plan because of Andrew's experience, extensive experience in the business. We had a lot of the information needed to write a business plan and put it in Mm -hmm. place where how we wanted it to look versus how it had been. Um, right. So without Andrew's involvement in the business, we would not have qualified for an SBA loan. Um, because he was already existing in the business. So yeah. if you guys so were just, we just outside and coming in, they wouldn't have given it to you. Correct. And there was, so hmm. kind of fo- fast forwarding a little bit, we were denied one business loan with one bank mm-hmm. because they didn't like that. I had not been in the business. Oh, so they wanted two people, mm-hmm. two of the stakeholders in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some other things that they didn't like about us and our, you know, right. proposal or whatever. Um, and the guy that we were working with at the university, he was like, I don't understand why they denied you. So I don't like, this is a good deal. Um, but we need to just kind of pivot and find somebody else for financing. So it was a lot of, um, you know, spreadsheet. And that's kind of where I realized I like to nerd out in numbers and spreadsheets Mm -hmm. and things like that with the data. So that was kind of fun to say like, oh, if we do this, this is what, this is the impact that it'll, you know, make on the business and things like that. So we had financials, we had a business plan, we had to go through the negotiations with actual owners, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, interesting and fun in and of itself. Um, The whole process, I mean, by the time we pitched them, the idea and actually closed on the business was a year. Mm -hmm. So it was an extensive, um, it it was extensive. It was, you know, never ending. Like we need this, Mm -hmm. just little things um, that they always needed and would go dark for a few weeks and then come back and say, this is all the things we need. So it was a long process. Well, and even in those early stages of like, uh, of, um, when you're pitching it, I mean, then, and because you're kind of coming at it from an employee, uh, uh, employer standpoint, then all of a sudden they had to open their books to you, right? Because you can't even know what, how much to offer. Um, so that, I mean, God, that seems like it would be like an awkward situation. <laughs> uh, and then, um, it was, it was when, when we found out where some of the money was going and being paid for and how they were, doing certain things for tax purposes. And then they wanted to put that into the value of the business. Mm -hmm. It was, it was something that Mm -hmm. took me a a long time to wrap my head around. And some of the things I still don't agree with, but ultimately at the end of the day, we still got a good deal because we bought it under the appraised value that the bank had. Right. So how did you come to a price? So they pitched us on two different prices. Um, they pitched us on a seller financing price, oh, uh-huh. assuming that we would not get a bank loan. Sure. And then they had a cash value price, which they considered a bank loan cash value. Um, and basically they took, I believe it was two and a half times cash flow. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's kind of the valuation that they came up with. When we when we did our valuation with the university, we came in at a much more conservative number. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> shocking. So, yeah. so, so the number that the number that they pitched us was four hundred seventy eight thousand dollars. Okay, was the was the cash was deal. A, was the cash uh-huh. value? If the, if it was going to be seller financing, they wanted five fifty mm-hmm. plus six and a half percent interest plus fifty percent down. <laughs> Okay, fifty percent. Who's down. got? Who's got two hundred? Yeah. Oh, who's got over two hundred thousand yeah. dollars? Because if you can't, if you can't, like, yeah, if you can't qualify for the for the financing for the four hundred seventy, I know you're not going to get financing for the. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. And then what was? It, do you remember the number that you came up with? Our initial offer was four hundred thousand. Okay. So not that far off. 
I, I think Correct. the university had it based off of um, their, you know, taking their books and doing an evaluation. I think they had it closer to like 370 or 380. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, we'll kind of meet, you know, obviously closer to our end, but a little bit not totally FN them with $100,000 off, mm -hmm. but a little bit higher. And that's kind of where we so, went. And then, so at two and a half times, so they were, so they were bringing in, what were they bringing in then? Uh, so I'm doing, trying to do the math. They were like doing like 125 or 140 is what they were grossing. That's what the, yeah. 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 Interesting. And so, but then yeah. you have, you have to keep it, you have to keep in mind there was salaries on top of that and some other, some other earnings as well. Um, yeah. I, I don't really remember all the exact numbers that sure, they gave us. Course. Katie wouldn't be more. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> that, but. Yeah. But, but I mean, and for the, our purposes that, you know, ballpark, ballpark is good. So you were, so then, so you have, that's, that's a lot of money to finance. Right. I mean, that's obviously, that's like buying a house, yeah. right. In most parts of the country. Um, so, yeah. um, we had to get help. We had to get help with a down payment. Mm -hmm. We had and is it to the same kind of house as collateral, is it, is it kind of the same kind of thing where you have to put 20% down. Like, like if we're thinking of it as a house, I mean, is it, is it similar or how is it different? Similar. We had to put 10% down though. Okay. Yeah. And then we had to have, we had to have two pieces of collateral. We had to have our house as collateral. And then I had to take a key man life insurance policy out sure. on myself as well. Sure. Well, um, and then did you, and can you tell us where you actually, what, what the final number was, where you settled? We met them at that 478 because we had some friends that were helping us with the negotiation side and kind of evaluation. And we knew that it needed to be a peaceful transition. Right. And they had to be they had to be invested in the transition as well mm -hmm. in order for this to be successful. Because at the end of the day, we're buying a client book, right. right? So we came up, we met them at their number rather than trying to haggle mm -hmm. back and forth over for, twenty thousand right. dollars when we knew we were going to make that money back in the first year. Right. Well, what um, then? Uh, talk a little bit about that uh, of because you are just buying a client book, right? And and I think if you're coming from the outside, that's the scariest thing about buying a, a business like that, right? Is like okay, the the owners, the 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 sole operator is going to retire off into the sunset and now have their client book. Well, there's no guarantee those clients are going to stay. And, you know, in this situation, you're, you're, you have that same vulnerability, but, and that's why the bank I'm sure wanted to know that you had been in the business is because it's a relationship business and you have those relationships already. Right. But you know, what was that? How, how did the owners, the previous owners do anything to facilitate that transition and kind of work with you after, or did they just kind of leave you with it and you have to figure it out? So basically they announced the sale um, like a week before closing on an email blast. I had already kind of gathered just based off of non-specific conversations that there was a bunch of people who had been encouraging me to go out and start my own business. I felt rather good about the client list coming with me because of those relationships. So basically I was the ideal person to buy their company because an out someone that's not with the company that's coming in to buy it is probably not going to get those same relationships that I already had. Well, and the other important aspect of this is we were keeping Brian, our other photographer, and they made sure he was probably the second, I mean, outside of us, one of the first people that we told 
of what we were going to do and made sure that we had his buy-in and he wanted to stick around because that was the other key part of that. And so we got his kind of like, not approval, but like, yeah, I'm in on this. And also they made sure they wanted to take care of him as well. So they made sure that we were going to keep him on. So that was another key part of a smooth transition was keeping two of the three or four photographers mm-hmm. um, on board too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, did you, but, but so you, and tell me a little bit more about, I guess, did, how seriously did you consider not doing it and just starting your own company? And I mean, I know there was, you know, and I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know, well, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know law at all, but in California, basically non-competes are invalid. Like you can't even do anything with them. And I don't know. I mean, I, is that kind of true in Nevada or is it, I mean, you, you seem kind of scared of it, but, um, it, it does seem like those non-competes just are, that's hard to, hard to enforce those. They're very hard to enforce and they're fairly easy to get out of. There still would have been some legal money that had to be spent on it. And there was no guarantee that I was going to get all that business. Plus, it's not really a good look to go out and compete against your former employer in the same town. Like Reno's a small town. People know people. And I I didn't want that kind of hanging over my head. I felt like this was a cleaner, uh, cleaner way to do it. And I, I felt more comfortable about the cash flow once I looked at the numbers and realized that, no, we can do this. We can support a debt service. Right, right. Well, and so how, and so how much then is that debt service that you have to pay? 5000 a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot right off the top. So it's a, it's, yeah, it's 5,000 for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we'll be in seven years into it. Um, so yeah, it is a lot. And it is like buying a house because we really can't until that, um, principal or that balance goes down, we can't qualify for a new house. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> because sure. yeah. So instead of buying a second house, we've got business, mm-hmm. which ultimately in the long term will help us, but it, you know, it is one of those things, but there was, there's never been any issue with making that payment in, you know, the years that we've had it. And so ultimately it was a good decision when we were still in the early phases of figuring it out, fighting the non-compete became the scarier option and buying the business came the very clear choice Mm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of flip flopped. Oh, that's interesting. Well, did you, in those negotiations, I mean, did, did that come up of like, I mean, was there kind of, were you kind of holding that in your back pocket as like a a threat to the, to the owners? Like, and it was, was it a said threat or was it just like, oh, they know that, you know. I'm sure they had an idea. However, I never directly said it or brought it up as a negotiation tactic. However, it was in my back pocket if I needed to pull it out. The big thing was I needed this to be as seamless as possible and I needed them on board so I had to do it in a way that kept them invested. Right, 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 right. And, and so, um, so you, you have all that. And, and so, so the deal goes through and then how was the transition? The transition was pretty easy. I mean, all of our systems were already in place. It was just a matter of changing some passwords and some logins to all of our vendors and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we were good to go from there. Um, We had to set up our own kind of scheduling system with Katie um, because she like she came up with like her 
little proprietary mm-hmm. system or whatever um, that she put together. That was probably the most difficult transition piece. Um, and then the other one was to get the new to get the agents to call Katie instead of the previous owner. Oh yeah, to sure. Book stuff. Sure. Um, cause we're not, we're not fully online, uh, booking. Like we do have, yeah. we do offer online booking, but a lot of our clients like of course, the personal touch of, of being able to reach out to Katie. I mean, she's the face. Well, of the and so, and so, and when you bought the company, then Katie came to work for the company at that, at that moment, or yeah. did she transition before that? So I had, in order to get trained, I had taken some days off of my school counseling Mm -hmm. job to go sit with the previous owner and like how she Mm -hmm. handles things, Mm -hmm. what she does and things like that. And then I took that and I'm like, I'm not doing it like this. I'm going to do it my own way. Um, (laughs) Which, you know, and just kind of getting some inside scoop on different agents and things like that. Um, So there was some training in that respect. Um, And then once we closed, I left the school district um, during spring break Mm -hmm. and jumped into the company in April. Um, We closed April 5th and that was my first day working for the business. So um, that I feel like that transition was fairly smooth. The hardest thing was like Andrew said, getting agents to call me instead of her. Mm -hmm. And so for about a year, I mean, we had put it into the contract that they would be available and forward any requests that they would receive Mm -hmm. for a year. And they were, they were good about that. There were a little hiccup, a few hiccups along the way because they decided to go traveling as, you know, I don't blame them. Um, so they, there were a few little hiccups along the way, but nothing super impactful or like just dead silent or anything like that. So the transition overall was smooth. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so, and then did you just immediately start changing shit up? I mean, you know, because I, I imagine after working at the company for a couple of years, you're like, oh, man, if only, I'm sure our employees are like, oh, man, if only they did it this way, man, this thing would really take off. Right. No, not right away. Um, we left everything as is for about the first six months because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we need to get our we need to dip our toes in the water to like, how, how do you run a business? Yeah. I don't know anything about running a business. Yeah. Um, so we kind of had to learn that on the fly. Sure. So we didn't want to change too much. The biggest thing that I wanted to do right away was renegotiate our price with uh, the hosting company that we were using, mm-hmm. um, which we did that right away. That was huge. That saved us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I knew at some point we wanted to look into outsourcing editing um, just because oh, you, they, doing, you were still doing it in house. And as and correct. as the and so it doing, was the model that the photographers did their own editing or it went to a central editor. Correct. Yeah. Uh, correct. Yeah. It, yeah. And so I was tired of working yeah. twelve and fourteen oh, hour days. Why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we made uh, we made that switch in July, I believe, um, of our first year, mm-hmm. and and then never looked back. And then that's when we went to PMRE our first year and met you. Right. And that is how we got hooked up with Aereo. Shout out oh, Aereo. Oh, there you go. Oh, shout out to Aereo. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that, Andrew, because I think we should actually have a little uh, a talk about Aereo. Uh, and so why don't we, we'll do that after this music comes up. We're going to do a social media sidebar with these guys. We're going to talk much more in the second half. And man, we're going to have triple action items today. So stick around. Air 
Ariel. I think we got a couple of other Ariel users on here. So why don't we go ahead and let's have a little group discussion about Ariel. Oh my God, so much fun. <laughs> well, okay. What's your guys, each of you, what's your favorite thing about Ariel? The price. I, oh, the, the price is good. Uh, I love the um, online scheduling. Oh. Um, there you go. That part of it. We're, we're getting much more into And I wish Chelsea was here to talk about it because I, I feel like we're, we're starting to use the, the online scheduling of Aereo. Although, I don't know. I don't get scheduled for shit. So what do I know? I, I just <laughs> I just I just look at the money rolling in while I'm drinking. You know, that, that's how it goes for me. So, OK, so we don't have that much time. But so you would say using Aereo has made your business help your business grow and run more smoothly, right? Yes, absolutely. So before when I when we first took over, we didn't want to change anything. And I pieced together a bunch of different platforms mm -hmm. to create uh, my sure. online scheduler because this has to be easier than mm -hmm. the way that it was being done before. So I did that. And then they came back from PMRE and they were like, check out Aereo. And I'm like, I have been checking out Aereo and you didn't want to do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, I know all about it. Let's do it. So right. as soon as they got in, I was able to cut costs because it's mm -hmm. their all in one solution right. is there instead of piecing together a bunch of well, things. Well, that's where I met uh, Andrew for the first time at the Aereo uh, party on the first night. And then uh, I think Mark and I were the ones that convinced him. So you're welcome, Katie. So Aereo, if you want to get in <laughs> on the you. fun, it's Aereo.com, A-R-Y-E-O.com. Use the code upmarket and any new user is going to get 15 free bonus listings. So not only is it a great price, it's going to be even better because you're going to get free bonus listings. Who doesn't want to do that? Do you know a great way to drive additional revenue for your real estate media business? Oh, you know what it is. It's floor plans, baby. Come on. If you're adding floor plans to your menu of services, I mean, that just makes you even more of a one-stop shop for, for your realtors. And look, Second Floor App is one of the best ways that you can create floor plans quickly, efficiently, easily, all those wonderful ways to do it. And it is the quickest way to uh, deliver a floor plan to your clients. You can walk around five minutes, scan a house, the floor plan is ready instantly. And it has the GLA square footage. Oh my goodness. All that amazing stuff. Secondfloorapp.com slash upmarket. And you're going to get one month free. And in that month, you can do so many floor plans and you can sell those floor plans. You can throw them in on shoots. Either way, it's going to drive a bunch of new revenue for you. Secondfloorapp.com slash upmarket. All right. Social media sidebar. Ooh, man. Upmarket pod across all social media that I sometimes occasionally post to. And uh, so we're also upmarket.media is our flagship um, uh, social media where you can see all the amazing photos and videos and stuff that we do. It's just so amazing. And then uh, I assume, Andrew and Katie, you have social media. In One View Media has social media. I actually know it because I've seen it. I follow you. But uh, go ahead and give that out. So our main account, obviously, for the business is in one view media with the IN, the number one, the view media. Mm -hmm. um, if you would like to follow me, um, it's Katie <laughs> Coleman uh, or I, I don't even know. Oh, actually. Okay, it's Katie perfect. Coleman. Yeah, I think. All right. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I'll, I'll link to that in the in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> my uh, my handle is at Coleman underscore NV. All right, at NV is in Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Yeah, not Nevada for all those people out there. Not it's, Nevada. It's not Nevada. It is Nevada, as anyone from the West Coast yes. should actually know. Um, okay, actually, so I do have a very some very specific social media questions for you both because uh, I know we've been following you 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 all for for a while and and i've noticed that um you you were doing and not so much anymore but a lot of like kind of uh on camera social media stuff and and i think that was a service that you were providing for realtors right doing short form content video content um for realtors and that's something that we've always talked about doing and so so how's that experience been and you know what's going on with it right now we still do it it's we have one monthly retainer. We do all of his content and all of his posting. Um, and then we have a handful of other clients that we do their short form content in batches or one video for market updates, things like that. Um, it's, it's challenging to find the ideal client that wants to do the monthly retainer that will, um, that really understands the, does uh, like the defined roles, like this is what we're in charge of, this is what you are in charge of, and kind of find that. So we have that. We don't advertise it a lot because we're it, it, it is a challenge. Um, there's other companies in town that do can do short form content creation like we do, um, but it, it's just kind of it's something that we do. It actually helped us tremendously last year during our very slow season. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for it. Um, but it's, it's a piece of our business. It's not, we're not transitioning to all Yeah. That. Well, I, and I, and at, at this year's PMRE, when I saw Andrew, I asked him about it and I think he rolled his eyes and was like, Oh my God. So that's, <laughs> so, so I, I, I did want to hear the, the, the downside a, a little bit of it, because I think, you know, it's something we always talk about. And, and in fact, we have one client now who is, who is actually, we are actually talking about doing a monthly retainer. It's something we've always kind of skirted around with people, but there's one guy who actually, I think wants to do it and i'm a little i have a lot of trepidation about it because i feel like it's going to be a lot of my time spent like yeah so yeah oh this is this would be you know that i'm gonna have to come up with a bunch of the ideas and i don't you know that that would involve me working i don't want to work we all know that <laughs> yeah that's exactly kind of the pain point i think that andrew was referring to yeah so the pain point more is the um the managing of the social media, like if I'm posting on someone's behalf, oh, you guys it takes were doing a lot more time too. than you. Uh. We're and I'm still doing it for one client, and um, it, it can be a little bit more trouble than it's worth because it it's honestly it takes a lot longer than you'd think. No, to, like, I think it would take everything a long time. Do it. Yeah. yeah, especially with YouTube. YouTube's a completely different animal. However, I feel like I've gotten into the flow of it, especially on his YouTube hosting, where we're now. Um, I think in nine months we've given him 1200 followers mm -hmm. right uh, and his his page is really starting to take off he's finally starting to get inquiries um, and so it's it's been a good piece of our business as far as doing like our own social media content when you used to see like all the talking mm -hmm. head videos that we did on our own account yeah. um, I don't think that we got the traction from the realtors that we thought we would as far as like the educational standpoint mm -hmm. but what it did was it started to generate buzz and they're like oh my god i love those videos can you do them for me right and so that's really how we started getting rolling with this whole thing is we mm -hmm. tried doing it for ourselves um i don't think that we were doing it quite the right way because we don't have an online offering to sell as like 
like for example like a course like come mm -hmm. watch our course mm -hmm. or come like buy our presets or something for that i think it would work if you right. started to educate other photographers sure, sure. on a product that you could start to sell to them sure but as far as selling to an agent i don't think it's it's helped us all that much um for gaining business strictly for listing photos and presentations right 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 um but then then so it did bring a lot of business of people who wanted to produce those type of videos and then but then has that been uh because now you say you have one client you do it for so did you have a lot more and it just kind of went away and wh uh, why and and you know and are you trying to cultivate more of it we, so we had two clients that were on retainer and they were $3,500 retainer. So that's seven grand a month that we were getting. Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, and one pays for your uh, loan service. That's, that's not a small chunk yeah. of change. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we still have one of them going. The second one I kind of fired because he just couldn't keep up with everything. Um, he was really awkward on camera and it just wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. I don't think their vision aligned with our vision as far as content creation. Um, as of right now, we still have a few other clients that we do it for. We do record a podcast for someone mm -hmm. in-house. We give them a YouTube video and then cut it up into short segments for them, which is what they really want. Uh, and the, honestly, there's a huge demand for it in our area. So uh, we, we, keep, we do keep getting people coming to us, but it's kind of pinpointing and picking, handpicking the people that we actually want to work mm -hmm. with because if they're not like-minded, it's not going to work out because I can't commit my full day to the content creation because I still have to go out and do houses. Mm -hmm. So I think we've kind of found a sweet spot where I can still go out and shoot houses with the rest of our team and do this content creation on the side as well. And honestly, it's opened a huge amount of revenue for us that we ne would have never had. Boom. Yeah, but it sounds like a pain in the ass. So anyway, I, I'll, <laughs> I will, uh, 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 we're, we're going to be back, with the, you know, after this music, and we're going to talk a lot more with Andrew and Katie and end it with the action items. Andrew, Katie, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, again, more of that transition and like kind of what it was, you know, uh, uh, like I think so many people in our industry, they, they start the businesses themselves. Right. And so it's just them. And then they're going to add employees or contractors, you know, as they grow. Um, but for you, it was almost this immediate transition from employee to employer. Right. And we kind of touched on it in the, in the earlier part of the episode, but like, what were some other, I mean, how was that transition for you? I mean, I, not only were you figuring out how the business ran, but you had to figure out how to be a boss, right? Cause you had a, a few other people working with you. Right. And so what are some changes you had to make or what are some things that you had to go through, uh, in that process? So the number one change that we made, and this was something that I'd talked to Brian about, um, knowing that he was going to be like our number one guy mm -hmm. was making everybody employees instead of 1099. And the reason that I did that was because the way the business had been ran, and I feel like the way most of these businesses are ran, you're at, it's more of an employee employer relationship than a 1099 relationship. Now, right. I guess that varies between business to business, but specifically the way that ours had been run and the way that we kind of set up our business model, we felt like is best run as a employee employer relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so a couple things that we started doing at that standpoint was, you know, we took on everybody's health insurance. We pay 100% of everybody's health Whoa. insurance. Uh, we offer, we offer a 401k match. 
Um, so th- those are, and we re- we reimburse all um, the gas miles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that those were things that we obviously weren't getting as 1099. You know, we were paying our own medical insurance. Mm-hmm. We had to pay our own taxes. So 25% of every check had to get right. set aside just for taxes. Uh, and I, you know, we, we did pretty good with that, but I just, I didn't feel like it was the right relationship to have. Um, and I wanted to build a culture around our company. So mm-hmm. that's when we decided to make everybody employees. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and you know, we've talked about it many times on, on this podcast about how in California it's really set up where you really need to make them employees and, you know, doing them as, as uh, 1099 is, it just doesn't kind of work, but you, you, um, but you're coming at it for, with the experience of having just been a 1099, you know, kind of employee who's not actually an employee. And so was that something from your perspective as an, as someone doing the work, that's, that's the transition you would have liked to have made if you were in that position still. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it would have, I would have felt there there was an investment in me Mm -hmm. versus just using me to help you grow your business and make a dollar. Right. Um, Because I was doing the majority of the work and I wasn't being rewarded or recognized for it in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) That's okay. All right. All right. Well, that's bad. Uh, That's what we we try to, we would like to recognize our employees. Uh, What, um, and then when you did that, then did you also provide them with the gear, right? Because as 1099, you got to bring in the gear. And I feel like as an employee, you got to, employer, you got to provide the gear. And so, but you already had photographers working for you. So did you just buy all new gear or did you just say, Hey, just keep using your gear? He, so it, with Brian, he started using his own camera. Since then, we've updated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now any new equipment that Brian needs or any of our other employees, we provide the gear because that's the way that yeah. it should be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if if they have their own gear, we cover it under our business insurance. So if something happens to it, mm-hmm. the, the business can help right. You know, fix, rectify, replace, whatever. Right. And, but do you do a rental fee for those employees that are, that are bringing... Um, their their own gear to it no we do not okay yeah yeah it, it, it that gets hard it I, you know I, I i i we don't do i mean we basically though we provide all the gear so you know occasionally someone will oh yeah oh i have this light i'll bring it you know or something like that if it's a if, a, if it's a different kind of shoot but um well what and and so now you're what you're like three years in right yeah. yeah. And so has, do you think it's been worth it? Totally. Um, I feel like, well, I haven't gotten my life back the way that I kind of was hoping <laughs> that I would. Uh-huh. Um, it's opened some more avenues for us as a family. It's, it's been able able to, it's been out, it's allowed us to be able to increase our household income as mm-hmm. well. Um, it got Katie out of the school district, which she absolutely hated. Um, I'm starting to shoot the way that I want and deliver the images that I want and the way that makes me happy. And we're taking on some business that we didn't have the opportunities to do before. So it's mm-hmm. opened a lot of doors and, uh, I would definitely say that it was worth it. All right. And you've been able to kind of overall grow revenue and, you know, I, you've been able to grow, I'm assuming. Or hoping. Yeah. Katie can talk about those numbers more than I can. Yeah. Every month. I mean, I don't have them in front sure. of me, but every, every uh, year we've grown 
historically, um, I mean, we have data, I think, back as far as 2019 from the previous oh, okay. owners, because uh-huh. that's as far mm-hmm. back as they gave us. Um, but every year, year over year, we've gone up at least our, our average price per property has gone up significantly from like 204, I think, when we took over. Mm-hmm. And then the next year it was like 279. And then just with us owning it, it's gone up at least 5% every year. Mm-hmm. Um, even last year with it being really slow, we had 200 less properties, but we made um, like $40,000 more right. in revenue. Mm-hmm. It was, it was six, 600 less properties. Oh, 600 less. 600 properties. less. And you made $40,000 more overall. Uh, yeah. 50,000. Yeah. Yeah. And a large part of that had to do with all the content that we were creating. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, while it is a big pain in the butt that brought in an extra hundred thousand dollars into yeah, a business well, that's, last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sizable. That's substantial. Yeah. 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 So I think to your question of, was it worth it? I think it was because we had a lot of ideas and that was some of the feedback that we had gotten from agents or Andrew and Brian had gotten from agents is once we took over, they're like, wow, you're really just updating this company and mm-hmm. taking it from just something that was just kind of standstill, operational, good quality, consistent, but now we're really like modernizing it. Mm-hmm. And I think with our our mindset, that's, we're always looking for better or worse. We're always looking for the next best thing and what that can look like. So it didn't free up our time. We're not sitting in the chair drinking wine and getting our hair done mm-hmm. every day like you are. <laughs> but well, <nice. laughs> Hey, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but we definitely have more control over projects that we want, mm-hmm. where we want it to go and things like that. And I think that that just brings a, a internal sense that you can't get Mm -hmm. like monetary or anything like that. So it's, it's improved our quality of life. Sure. Well, and how big is your team? So we have three photographers, including myself. So it's me, Brian, and then Rich. Um, we were previously, we had four photographers, Mm -hmm. um, that we, we'd run because during the summer, uh, with four photographers, we'll do 16 or 20 houses a day. Sure. Um, so we're, we're, we're running and gunning and that was something I kind of wanted to get away from. So this year we're kind of, we're raising our prices mm-hmm. and hoping to do a little bit less business, but being able to generate the same amount of income. Right. Well, uh, how, uh, so let's, let's talk about that. Um, how, how much are you raising prices? Um, basically the biggest change is that our minimum is going up $50. Okay. Um, instead of going out and doing a, a house for one ninety nine, it's now going to cost the minimum for us to go anywhere is going to be two forty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest change. And then after we started talking with you guys a little bit and kind of seeing how you did your pricing structure last year, we introduced packages, mm-hmm. uh, like pre, like pre-built packages. And that's been huge for us. And so those will go up a little bit, but really it was kind of a way, how do we get the bottom mm-hmm. feeders to come up? Yeah. Without affecting the, 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 the people who pay the most. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, in fact, I, and you and I had talked a couple months ago and, uh, uh just kind of chatting about stuff and, and I was inspired, um, because you were talking about how you had raised your twilight prices, um, quite a bit in an, in an effort to deter people from doing twilights. But then you're like, well, crap, they just did even more of them. Um, and so we were, you know, cause we're really looking at, you know, bumping our price and we still have, I th- I'm hoping that we're going to have it done, uh, by beginning of February. Um, but you know, our twilight price is two fifty right now. And, um, I, I want to move it to three fifty 
or 335. Um, and then, uh, Mark is more, I think I'm in the 300 range, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of like, let's just, just fucking do it, man. Cause we all, everyone hates doing them. So. Cause what's yeah. the worst that's going to happen? They don't do them. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you didn't do any Twilight, how would that impact your revenue is kind of, you know, like the mindset. But if they're built into your packages, though, you're not going to get away from them entirely. No, 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 right? no. And and you just can't. And and, and I think it also is, not, you know, it's good content for us to have, too. I mean, people like Twilights and yeah. and to and what yeah. we're hoping that is that we can do a certain percentage less. But then those people that aren't spending the money will then just buy the virtual twilights which i know andrew notoriously hates virtual twilights i hate them too but i like getting paid for them uh so because that that's uh, that's a very easy thing um so yeah can you talk about your twilight journey a little bit yeah so uh, originally our twilight price was at 169 Uh and obviously at that price point it's completely not worth it because of you know, you're going out there late at night. Um, it's so many, it's probably, but driving, shooting, processing is probably an extra two to three hours mm-hmm. of work. Yeah. Um, and at 169, it's just not worth it. So we'd raised it from 169 to 229 and did the exact same amount of twilights as we did the year before. Right. So this year we're raising them up to 269, which, you know, mm-hmm. isn't a massive leap. It's, it's, it's significant. Um, we're definitely going to be the highest in town by at least $70. Mm-hmm. But when you get into those packages, um, that value comes down to about two fifty to two twenty nine, mm-hmm. um, depending upon which package you get yourself into. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then, uh, but it's there, there does reach a certain point though, where you're just like, I don't care how much I'm getting. I don't, I don't want to do this. You know, because it's like, and especially totally. with you, you know, with you guys, you have a couple young kids, you know, little kids, and it's just like, man, it's like, you know, not to be cliche about it, but it's just not time you get back, and it, and especially, you know, and you guys is being, you know, married, and you know, Katie's still working in the business, but so she's working the business all day, and then it's dinner time, and Andrew's out shooting Twilights, and then Kate, I mean, it's just, man, it's just a recipe for like stress at home, and just like, you know, I don't know, man, it's just a drag. Yeah, and our photographers have families, obviously, of their own as well. So we we want to um, keep that in mind, too. We have an upsell comp, uh, compensation that we implemented last mm-hmm. year, and that's been really helpful. So if a photographer sells, it wasn't already scheduled, and they think the house warrants it, and they can talk the agent into it, they the, uh, the photographer receives a cut of that. So it incentivizes them to do it, but it's totally on their die or you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's they have authority over right. it um now if we have twilight scheduled they just they just get assigned them yeah. but it, it helps them out and then it helps the business out as right. well right no and and i think we're and what we're going to roll out when we raise the prices too is is you know we're going to give like a some form of a twilight bonus to uh to our employees whether you know whether they've upsold it or not and 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 so and that is a different topic and you know because i think we can just talk a little more generally about business and but you guys do do that how so you rolled that out this year or last year to the upsell component and how have you seen results from that oh yeah massive like one of our guys he was really really into it and you know bought in right away he's making extra seven eight hundred bucks a month in his upsell compensation wow so how, how can, yeah. that's significant, that's significant no, for sure. Can you, so can you tell me how that, how you structure it? 
so yeah, it's, it's basically, it's not a hard set percentage of the upsell, but, um, like for example, if, if they're on out on the site and they sell somebody into a drone, they're going to get an extra 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. If they sell somebody into a twilight, they're going to get an extra hundred dollars. If they sell somebody into a premium floor plan, shout out QB Casa, um, <laughs> then they're going to get a, a percentage of that. If they, if they raise the package from, cause we do all a cart, um, options, like uh, you, you choose how many, the number of photos that you want. We don't do it based off of square footage. Oh, okay. Um, so if they, if they take someone from 20 to 30 photos, then they get a, uh, they get a okay. cut of that. Upsell. Right, right, right. Well, that's a little, yeah, I, I could see that happening because yeah, that's, and that's why I don't, we, you know, we'd go by square footage and don't charge, you know, per photo because I always just found that, you know, it would be the 5,000 square foot house and the, and the agent would be like, yeah, I'll get the 15 photo package. And you know, you're just like, Oh my God, this, and then it's just such a pain in your ass to have to go and try to choose 15 photos to take of this massive house. We've never really had an issue with that as when we just educate the realtor on what, what's going to be best for the house mm -hmm. and, and what's going to be best for the MLS. And I would say 98 times out of a hundred, they're with, they're with our recommendation. Well, and so do you, in, in, as you price it, when you, when you present the prices on your website and everything else, do you say, Oh, you know, our 20 photo package ideal for a home of under 2000 square feet or something? Yeah. So you kind of, exactly. you, you kind of yeah. guide them. So in a sense you are doing kind of square footage tiers, but you're just prompting the agent to do that. And then they have the option to go cheap if they want or more expensive if Correct. they want. And, right. Exactly. When they're talking to me, they're often cheap. Like, Oh, I don't think you can get 15 photos out of this 2,500 square foot house. Mm -hmm. And so I put that in the notes for the photographer. And then oftentimes what we've found, they get on site and they're like, I want a picture of this mm -hmm. and this and this and this. And the photographer's like, okay, well, that's going to be 25 photos mm -hmm. and here's the price. And then they're like, okay, no problem. So we've right. kind of found this interesting dynamic. They're cheap with me, but then on site, mm -hmm. they want everything. Right. So Realtors there's some flexibility there. Realtors don't know what they need or what they want. Yeah. They don't know a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I, well, um, okay. Well, that is interesting. And, but have you had, um, issues with your photographers not knowing which photos to take? I mean, is that, you know, as part of that kind of training process as they, as they come in is when you do have to make those decisions of like, okay, I'm only taking 20 photos of this 3000 square foot house. You know, are they pretty primed to know what those photos need to be? Yeah. And oftentimes we'll over deliver a couple, like sure. if it's a 20 photo package, we'll 22, 23, it is what it is. Um, cause you know, we want to put the realtor in the best chance for success. Right. Um, but no, most of the time they know, and you know, it's a training process. You know, I, I review all the photos, I go through them and say, Hey, love this. This is great. Here's all the things that are amazing about this. Or if they take too many photos of a room, like, Hey, let's focus on the hero shots and what's most important, this angle, is probably not the best mm -hmm. and something I don't want to see moving forward. Um, and they've been really receptive to that kind of feedback. Okay. Um, and then I, I did want to ask a little bit, uh, you mentioned earlier about, uh, you're trying to have less, you know, less bit or less shoots and more revenue and that you're now like, kind of. you also were talking about, you know, change the style and I'm shooting the photos I want to take and, you know, all this stuff. I, and to not be so volume heavy, um, can you talk a little bit more about that and kind of what you're, what you're aiming for? And, uh, and are you trying to kind of position yourself as more of a luxury uh, outfit rather than just kind of the regular real estate? Exactly. So we want to go after more luxury listings. Uh, I want to start working with some more designers and architects. And actually, um, 
right after PMRE, I was able to close on our first architecture gig, and he's got several projects coming up with this. And so those are going to be much larger packages. When you when you're talking the cost sharing program, you get the builder involved, the designer, um, cabinet build, cabinet maker, um, all those things, um, so they can really drive up those packages. Where like a luxury listing might be two to three thousand dollars, an architectural project can be upwards of ten grand. Right. Right. So we, we've we've booked a couple of those businesses uh, or co- booked a couple of those jobs, um, and then really started to focus on more of our luxury offering and and coming up with a look that is specific to us in town and how we can stand out against our competition, um, and just you know shoot more the way that I had envisioned and what what makes me happy as an artist rather than just mm-hmm. completely focusing on running gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but can you, do you think you can straddle both worlds where you, where you all of a sudden you kind of transition into doing more of the luxury stuff and then you still, cause I, I, I guess I would be, if, when I look at it from my perspective, I would be hes- hesitant to really, um, dismiss out of hand the run and gun stuff. Uh, because you know, that's stuff that you can just hire another employee and have them go do right. And then it keeps them busy and it still drives revenue for you. And then I think you can, I, I would think that some of those agents, you know, some of those agents that are going to be your bigger clients down the road, they're starting with, you know, low, and then you can kind of bring them along and, and as their business grows, they can, you know, utilize more of your luxury stuff. Absolutely. And it's not something that we've completely shut the door on. Um, right now, I, I just feel like our market needs a little bit of a pricing shift. So that's what we're kind of trying to encourage. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say no to lower end jobs. Um, but we're, right now, I'm really focused on creating a product that we can start to scale mm-hmm. that has the look that we want. Right. And once we do that, then start to grow the business a little bit more. Because I think one of my one of my downfalls as a business owner was right away is like grow, 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 grow. And I didn't necessarily focus on the product as much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like competition kind of caught up in town and everybody was starting to look the same. And so Mm -hmm. I really wanted to focus on differentiating ourselves, creating a new brand and then start and then focus on how we can roll that out um, in a larger operation. Right. Right. Well, and I, and I think as, as, you know, so many people are going on the scaling journey with their businesses and we all kind of have the same model, right? It's outsource editing. Let's do this, let's do that. It kind of ends up that we all kind of look alike and, you know, for, for better or for worse. Um, and, but it, it, just because that's, that it's kind of the path of least resistance. Cause it's like, you, you know, you really, really have to work with your editors if you want to achieve a different style than the one, than the one that they you know, they're just accustomed to doing day in and day out. So it's, you know, have you found it's just a lot of work to make that change? Not really. It's been trial and error, but I found that once we've made the the key change that we wanted to in our market, um, it's made the photos look better. I feel like they're getting edited better. What's the key change? Um, and that's a proprietary secret. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're gonna out. You're gonna out me, right? Here. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to talk about those kind of no. secrets, uh, this is uh, well, we can have any whatever. Andrew, whatever you want to say, uh, we're, we're, this is a safe space for you. No, we're we're shooting for more of a natural light look, and honestly, shocking. The the photos have been come back so much better. Right. So you're just doing lights off. Not necessarily completely lights off. It's kind of a combination, um, but really focusing on trying to hit that natural light. Look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. 
Wow, so cagey about it's his. Not, it's not really lighting. proprietary. Yeah, okay, I don't think so. But you're well. You're being cagey enough. I mean, we about got it. some. It's, we have some competition that listens to this podcast. Yeah, of course, so, of know, course. I, I know a few people best. in Reno who aren't you. So you know, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. good. And you know, look, and and it's okay. I mean, and and it's Reno's a big enough market. You know, all these so many of these markets are big enough that you know they can. You you need a little. You need some good competition, and that that keeps you guys fresh and and uh, you know the, I think totally. there's room for everybody. So. And, and we're and we're friendly with our competition. Like uh, I'll I'll refer some business to our competition if we're busy because I want our clients to be in the right hands. Right. And so we have some referral partners in town that I know will take care of my clients if I need to. Right. 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 Oh, that's great. I mean, that's good. I mean, I think uh, you know as we as we go on about all the time, you know, as the more you can kind of be friends with uh, other people in this industry, even if they're in your same your your same town, I, I think it, it behooves you to do it because it's just they're mutually beneficial relationships. Yeah. Um, so are you, um, I mean, what, so, so are you rebranded? So you rebranded the photos. Are you rebranding your company too? Cause I mean, you have the legacy name. We want to. Yeah. You have the legacy uh, name of in one view media. I, I know, I know is, how much, I know how much you love our name. That's why I wanted to take this opportunity to announce on whoa. air that we've decided to become up market North. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Well, let's go ahead and negotiate the price for that right here on air. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> One million dollars. No, a, na- a, na- a name change is something that we've been thinking about for a while. Um, you know, we took the name over from the previous owners. We want something that is more relevant, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more catchy, something that stands out a little bit more. Um, and it, it's just been a long process trying to come up with that. Yeah. Um, sure. Kate, Katie's completely over it. She's like, just pick a name and we'll, let's be done. Um, it's been and, over a year. Yeah, of course. And it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I under, it's not just the name. It's then everything else that comes of with course. it, both legally and procedurally, but then also the marketing and branding. So I'm like, this is just the first step. It's not the last step. It's the first one. So if we're going to do it, let's yeah, do no, it. No, it is but. because we, it's a pain in the ass because, you know, that's yeah. when we scaled our business, then, you know, brought Mark into the fold uh, and we combined companies, we kept our old um, uh, S Corp. And, you know, but we legally changed the name. My God, what a pain in the ass. I mean, cause you got to change it yeah. with the bank. You got to change it with the SBA. You got to change it. I mean, with every with insurance, with every possible thing, it has to be changed. And you, you know, with the IRS, you just, you, you think you've done it all and then you get something and you're oh God, I got to change it here too. And it was like, honestly, it was so difficult that you only want to do it once, you know? And, and I think looking back, I, we probably, I would probably have just started a new S Corp, um, instead of, instead of bringing Mark into our existing one. Cause we were like, well, we have one. Why don't you just come on in? And that should be easy. You just buy into it. Great. And then we don't have to go through all the setup fees and everything else. We have the bank accounts. We have everything. Oh man, just a pain in the ass. So yeah. anyway, all right. Well, well, that's good. To, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, be sure when you change it. And it, because definitely, you know, without a doubt, changing the name means you have to take action. And that means it's time for action <laughs> items because I did a segue. So that means it's time. And this week, our action <laughs> items are sponsored by Pixel CRM. That's P-I-X-L-C-R-M.com. The only, as far as I know, uh, CRM that is exclusively 
devoted to real estate media company owners. Uh, we've been at Upmarket. We've been using it for a little while now, seeing some results already. So give it a uh, Give it a give it a look. It's pixelcrm.com and I think uh, slash up market and then you can get two hundred bucks off your monthly fee on that if you use our code or maybe it's pixelcrm.com. I don't have it in front of me and you can use the code anyway. You'll figure it out. Just tell just tell them that uh, a market sent you and you're going to be good to go. So um, I'm going to go first since I feel like you know as the owner of Upmarket South, I'm going to go first. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have a very easy one, uh, and, and it just kind of comes out of what we've just been talking about is just do a price check. We're still in slow season a little bit. So as we move into spring, check your prices a little bit. See if there's anything. Not a, You know, you don't necessarily even have to do a wholesale price increase, although those are wonderful. I encourage everyone to do those, at, you know, once a year. But, you know, maybe it's your aerials need could you could juice it by 10 or 15 bucks or your twilights or, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about. So just look at your prices, um, you know, uh, put that against, you know, what your expenses, have your expenses gone up, you know, what, what's going on in the business and just make sure your prices are where you want them before things get super busy. So that's a good one. Yeah. I'll go. All right, Katie. So, in kind of this vein of like reflecting back on our journey, I think it's important to do that and reflect back and see the success that you have had. Because I, for me personally, it's always like, we're not doing enough. This isn't where I want to be. And that just that kind of negative mindset. But when you stop and think of all the work that you've put in and the journey that you've gone through and what you've conquered, had to fight for, or just easily come, whatever the case is, it's important to think back and then reflect and then kind of make plans moving forward, but mm-hmm. honor yourself and celebrate yourself for your successes, because it's not always easy when you're building a business. And it's important to give yourself that um, kind of celebration. That's great. Cause it always feels like you're never doing enough. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, 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 that's a, that's a great one. Andrew, I, it's going to be, I, you can't follow How are you going to follow that? I don't know. I, I got two. Oh, I'm going to piggyback oh, yours. Geez. Raise your pri- raise your prices. <laughs> Everybody raise your prices. Um, and then uh, my big one is, I mean, kind of goes off what we were talking about earlier. Diversify your offerings. It kind of goes back to what Cheyenne Crawford was talking about at PMRE mm-hmm. as far as like creating content for realtors. Um, you know, w- we are real estate photographers, but I take this from you, Reed. What we are more is, you know, we're in the business of marketing realtors. Yeah. So if we have all the tools to help them market themselves by creating videos for them um, and all the all that extra all those extra marketing pieces that we're clearly capable of, um, it'd be dumb not to do it. Uh, like I said, we did an extra hundred grand last year just off of these video offerings to uh, agents in our area. So if yeah. you have the equipment and you're capable of doing the work, I would highly suggest offering that to your agents. All right, and. Uh, and oh, I thought you were going to say buy a photography business, but I guess not. Okay, good. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> if, if anyone's interested in one, I might be looking to sell. So oh. hit me up. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm got, okay. All right. I'm all ears. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Finally, we did it. Thank you. Great episode. And uh, I look forward to you to you guys listen, becoming listeners again and not just uh, guests. So we've got to boost those numbers for us. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.
Upmarket is a production of Upmarket Studios. This episode was produced by Chelsea Froelich and edited by Bethany Diedrich. Thank you so much for listening, and we really hope you listen to the next one too. In the meantime, our wish for you is to not have to shoot any Friday night Twilight shoots. Thank you for everything. Thank you.